Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. And the differences between coaching females and males, do you, have you picked up on things that you're like, huh, you know, females tend to, you know, whatever, or our males are more likely to ask for this type of support? Because I knew I was going to do this podcast, I actually looked at some of my numbers, and I believe that I'm around 60% male, 40% female. So that that super surprises me. I would have thought you would have had more female, right? No, I don't think so. You have people who... Oh gosh, and it's such a variety. Confidentiality is, uh, is absolutely the number one concern. I've had people who have had difficulty getting along with their their leader because of different styles. I can remember the very first person, uh, who was a male, by the way, he came to me because he was unable to get out of the office before 8 o'clock every night, and he had a little girl, and he never saw her. You know, he couldn't be there to put her to bed and, and all that. So that was that was that whole first work-life balance. And I mean, you know, so five years ago, I'm just starting this project. And I'm thinking, OK, somebody's going to come to me with a work-related thing. All of a sudden, we're diving into home like right away. Like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I and I think that's the whole idea is that you're talking about the holistic person. So I don't know that I've seen a trend between female and male. And I, you know, I think there are some people who who are more ambitious. There are some people who are happy with um, where they want to be. Well, the one thing I can say, and this is so biased <laughs> on my part, is that the people who come to me for coaching do the right things for the right reasons. The people who actually seek out coaching to be better at what they do they do the right things for the right reasons. And, and the way I say it is you can lay your head on your pillow at night and be happy. And I bet that 60-40 split being that 60% is male versus mm-hmm. 40% female. Right. They come to you at different walks of life or different areas, subject matters in which mm-hmm. they need the coaching. And it could be whether they were uh, they walked in themselves or were asked to walk in, right? Walked in themselves. Walked in themselves. Totally voluntarily. Okay. And so, you know, so, but they come to you probably with different subject matters on Mm -hmm. on what they want to be coached, be a better coach, or that they need some help with, um, with um, just the example you just gave. Like you said, some people will just come with something. Hey, I, I feel like I need to be more blank. And it's, it's so interesting to dive into those cases because when, I mean, even after an hour, you can say that 
what you thought you came here for, we've actually uncovered three or four other things that are that kind of lead to that. And maybe it's not A at all. It could be B, C, D, and E that are contributing to why you think you're not A. And it it's it's so fascinating to to watch that unfold. So how did this project come about? Because it sounds very specific to the actuarial department. I'm the project of the, co- the, the coaching, coaching, the coaching in the career center. That is pretty incredible to offer well, that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It came about uh, five five plus years ago. There was a role posting for someone who had a a psych background. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And again, this this leads into I was uh, working in the business at time in the, at the time in compliance, and I thought, boy, this sounds a lot like an HR gig. But I I, <laughs> I don't well. yeah, but I don't know if I mean I never had the proper training anything of that nature. So I gave the recruiter a call and I said, you know, here's my background. I don't know if I should apply for this. And they said, yeah. You should, you should totally do it because they really don't know exactly what they're looking for. They have an idea of what's happening. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. So we just recognized the need that um, we were losing our, uh, our emerging talent and that they weren't feeding our pipeline mm-hmm. uh, because we would bring people in as interns or entry-level associates and then they would you know once they achieve their first um, credential they would they would go away and work for a different company so it's like okay what are we missing what are what are we not offering them who what are we not saying and you know even though it's so hard to measure because in those five years if you have to th- you know think about you know we had the potential merger and uh, so many other things that have that have occurred I really think there's there's a retention there because and a retention of the quality uh, emerging leaders that we had simply because we were able to say where do you want to go you know and 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 people have actually gone out of the actuarial community they've said I don't want to be an actuary anymore I you know I I want to take advantage of my 20s or 30s and not have to study for exams for the next eight years uh, you know I've already I've already been through college I've already got a master's degree or and and okay, well, go go be a, a business professional. Go go do these things. You can still stay with with Humana, and they've done that. Have you seen a dramatic change in retention based on this program in the five years? Again, I feel like there is. Um, I think there are some measurements that we can do. Obviously, we we just passed the five years, so I think there's numbers to be tallied. But with all of the other things going on. It's hard to measure. Right. Well, and can you kind of explain, like, on five actuarial, like what actuaries do? I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> M- mitigate risk is kind of mitigate risk. Yes, there's so many different facets of it. I've known people who obviously there's pricing. You know, they they set prices for our various products, but then there are people who watch trend. Then there are people. And I'm so going to get in trouble if I misspeak on this. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be minimal if I can. Yes, explain um, like I'm five. Yeah. Then there are people who actually do studies uh, on, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I've known people who 
did studies on maternity. Like, if we were to do this, would we have better outcomes? So, you know, a lot of it, or some of it, has to do with the bold goal of how do we get better outcomes, both, which obviously it helps us, it helps our... Members and community. Yeah, yes, exactly. And, and I think that's, that's where the change you see, because I think, you know, the actuary of, say, 15 years ago may not have touched some of that. It's like, okay, how do we not have risk? Mm-hmm. And now it's how do we better outcomes? I'm going to flip the script a little bit. All right. So you are a podcast host. I am. For the HAPS. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the HAPS. When we were all getting started, our chief actuary just said something about, hey, you know, we were thinking about doing a podcast. And with the broadcasting background, I think before the sentence was even out of her mouth, I was like, before, yeah, before somebody else could snatch it up, I'm like, uh, I'll take that. Yes. <laughs> because it was just such a creative outlet to be able to do that. And now it's, it's so interesting because, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm the host or, or what have you. But what we're really trying to do is we're trying to have the community own it. So initially I had four co-hosts. Who were who are very passionate and all that, and we've actually doubled that. So we now actually have a committee of ten that where we're getting ideas, where we're grabbing new co-hosts, and and some of some of the people are, I want to co-host only certain subjects that I really have a passion for. Great, I, I can I can transform myself to anything. Great, and I think that's the whole idea is that where I sit in the actuarial community. Our team pushes a lot of things because we're the development team. We're the development center, so we own a lot of the, a lot of the development. You know, onboarding, their exam process, everything to do with engagement and communication and community and all that. So the idea, my idea behind it is, I want to be less involved, and I want these members to be more involved. And because I think who has the best idea as to what your community wants to hear? It's a member of the community, you know, and, and again, not saying that I am, a, I'm not a member of the community, but I think I'm separated to a certain degree because I'm not an actuary. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do that data analysis, that uh, analytical work. And so when you have someone who's doing that and then say, okay, well, how much fun do we want to inject into it? And, you know, how many, how many technical topics do we want to do? And, you know, where's the balance? Where's the mix? That's my, that's my goal. My goal is to be that person who is standing in the background, just saying, go, you know, do, and, and and I'll support you however you want to want to be supported. Can you tell us what the HAP stands for and where associates can get episodes? Yes, it's the Humana Actuarial Podcast Series. And right now, even though I don't think everyone has adopted it yet, our biggest presence is on the new Yammer. Uh, new Yammer, old Buzz. New Buzz, I think, <laughs> new is buzz. the naming yes. convention we're using. Yes. You're an engaging speaker. Thank and you. So do you have any confidence tips for speaking in front of others? I really think it's all situational. A lot of people, when they're not used to speaking in front of others, is knowing your topic. That's a big portion of it, is knowing and owning your topic. I'll, I will give you an example. I can pull examples just from in this room. So Tara, 
actually spoke at our last uh, quarterly town hall, at the actuarial quarterly town hall, and told us about Humana at Home. She, at at least a couple of points in it, uh, started to, at least it seemed like, was tearing up simply because she owned the material so much. She had such a passion for it. So for, for anyone who is not used to public speaking, that's the first thing is really know your topic, really have a passion for it. And if you are able to speak in small groups to that, then, then larger groups, then at that point you can really start searching for other things to speak about and the confidence will grow. As uh, I mean, I tell everyone um, because I was engaged with Toastmasters for a number of years before I got my role. But the first time that I spoke in front of the entire actual community of 500, um, which was probably 150 in the room and then knowing how many we were broadcasting to, when I came off stage, I said, OK, so what did I just say? <laughs> Because I don't you blank remember. out. Yeah. I, I'm a blank person. Like once I, <laughs> you're would, a blank person. Well, once <laughs> I, I differ. Once I get done speaking, I step off the the stage or I I get off the phone. I'm like, what did I just say? Yeah. Well, the, my first thing is a. So seriously, guys, I didn't cuss, did I? <laughs> <laughs> so when I have to speak in front of people, like so not virtually. I go into like a true like panic attack, I think. Fight or flight. It's insane. My, and I'm like mentally, I'm like, I can do this. And my body, I'm like sweating. I'm like, my heart's going to bust out of my ears. But then once I'm up there, it's it's I'm like 100% calm. It's mm. the weirdest thing. But it's like I'm, I amp up to it so much. I'm like, yes. am I going to pass out before I get on this stage? But it seem, seems to work out so far. See, I could pass out. Wait. That would that would be so detrimental for me because then I'd be like a pool of sweat, <laughs> and then at, at what everyone would ask, "What's wrong with him?" He, but he he appears calm. But my gosh, what's did he just go swimming? Yeah. <laughs> on stage? No, but it's, right? it's funny the gym? how your I, I agree though, knowing knowing your topic and your subject, and and you know really making it a part of you is very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely agree with that. And maybe some deep breathing. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm trying to remember this, you know, as you get into your 20s like we are, you right. know, the, the years just just go so uh, so quickly. Either a year or two after I got my current role, our chief actuary retired. So we knew we were we wanted to have a roast for him. And I was like, I don't know why I volunteered to do this, but I did. <laughs> Let me host a roast for our outgoing chief Ambitious. actuary yes. who, yeah, who could easily fire me on the spot as his last action. That seems like a good idea. So, yeah, we, we had a bunch of embarrassing pictures from his wife and had a, had a few call-ins and surprise guests from his career. It, was, it, it turned out to be extremely good, but... Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, kind of speaking on passions, though, a really quick, uh, what are you passionate about? I know you just uh, adopted a, a doggy. That's one of them. Benny. Yeah, Benny. Share a little bit <laughs> about some sure. of your passions and interests. Maybe we can put Benny and we get a picture of Benny for a wee yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. Oh, I can do that. Okay. Yes. Well, Benny, 
uh, is growing quickly. Um, we, we don't know what he is. He's, we have tried to get him out and socialize him as much as possible. And the number one question is, what is he? So we are definitely going to get the, we're, we're going to get the doggy 23 and me, 23 and me dog, dog edition. Yes. Just tell him to be ready for anything. That's all. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So maybe he'll be part cat or something. He, he very well could be, except he's got a loud bark for that. <laughs> But yeah, so animals, uh, I think when you have a, have a chance to really reflect on things and you think about it, it's like, what am I passionate about? And I came up with this a few years ago. I think I'm passionate for the people, the people and things who can't defend themselves. So that's why I gravitate toward um, de- developmentally disabled charities, um, such as uh, Angels in Disguise and Best Buddies. Angels in Disguise is a is a great local to Louisville one that I we've been involved with, and we've been lucky enough for the last six years to assemble a team or two. I think at one time three to play in their golf scramble to get people in the actuarial community involved with knowing about this great charity uh, that is that benefits down syndrome kids and basically there's two things there's an education portion of it the bigger arm is an adoption so all of these down syndrome babies who are born out of country and they really just don't know what to do with them yet they, they just don't see their potential that all of the the love that they possess and you know so they really raise money to adopt them out of those countries and have families have the money to do that. That's one. Animal causes. And then I think um, older people, especially as you know, we get older ourselves and we see relatives passing away and you see how people are treated or you know, people are expected to just kind of wilter away. And it, it's heartbreaking. And I don't I don't want to end this on a downer. I'm sorry. But but I, I think I've just I've experienced uh, quite a bit of loss this year in my family. And it's just so interesting. I think one of the big things that our country needs is a way to honor the people who are aging and really figure out how we can see that the treasure and the value in them rather than, oh my gosh, they're 85 years old. We're not going to treat them anymore because it's time for them to go. And and I've actually had that said to me. Accessibility has been something that's really been weighing on my mind, just accessibility for people to receive health care or to get to and from appointments, accessibility to read their prescription bottles or other things like that. So that's an area I am I am personally interested in learning more about and ways that we can help um, in numerous different ways of accessibility, whether it be um, internally or externally to Humana. I mean, that's what Humana Home is all about is is identifying those barriers and the accessibility piece. But honestly, I think so much of uh, the benefit is like the the loneliness piece, mm-hmm. right? So right. just knowing that there's somebody who's interested and cares and, and I think to your point, you know, I wonder if there's a way that we can start bringing attention to how do we honor the aging and how do we, like you said, treasure the aging. I mean, I think our care managers do such a good job of that, but I think those that wording in itself, it just kind of makes you think, how can I do a better job of honoring you and all that you've done in your you know, 70 plus years or mm-hmm. whatever that, that, that is. So that's that's a super good call out. But I, I think our, our organization, like I can put my head on the pillow at night because 
my job and what we do here at Humana is trying to better the lives of this vulnerable population. Right. That's what I love. And I mean, I'm happy that we're a for-profit company and I'm happy that there's benefits that I get. But at the end of the day, I feel like I'm, we're making a difference. We're doing something, you know, and, and we talked about it with the actuarial department too. Like the work the actuaries do allows the care managers to go into the home because the actuarial department has identified the right member to be in the right level of intervention and the right program. Do you see what I mean? Or, yes. or they've yes. identified, um, you know, which areas of the country Humana plans are going to do do well. And it just, it, it's amazing how it all fits together. But that's, I love that. And I, but I think we're, we're doing that. You're doing that. Maybe not directly, but indirectly. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it changes with a mindset, you know, because when I think about my family members and, and the people that I've lost, I think about the mindset of, there's a self-sufficiency and when you lose that self-sufficiency you don't know how to ask for help and you don't know that you can i can remember you know being very young and telling my grandmother no i I can do this i've got it myself and it seemed to be part of you know who she was to be able to do something for somebody and you know for us to be able to recognize that in our aging population and say okay we may need for them to do something for us because that's that's part of what they what they are right they want to feel worth they want to feel value yes bottom line Mm -hmm. i want to thank you kevin (laughs) guerrero thank you for joining us on the this human life podcast and and your genuine heart your your the way you want to coach uh folks here at humana the way i can hear what you want to do for the community that we serve and uh, we just thank you for these precious for this precious hour. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that's it for this episode. You can share with us on Buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others. 